Hello everyone, it's Saturday, August 12th. Welcome to Pop Goes the Girls, where we, two sisters born a decade apart, take a foray through our respective journeys through pop culture. I'm Daisy Kosh. And I'm Chelsea Davidson. This episode is not sponsored by Tootsie Roll Pops, despite the fact that we will be eating them for the entirety of the episode. And this week is the second week of our Brat Pack Month, so Corey Feldman will be the focus of this episode. Naturally, we'll be discussing the works of one of the two most famous Corys of that time. So now is the perfect time to tell you that we do spoil things. So, <laughs> yes, yeah, so during our podcasts, just take this as a spoiler alert right now and prepare for some pop culture spoilers. Each week, we talk about pop culture artifacts that shaped us and why they're memorable to us. We also have a fan theory fight club, my favorite segment, where we argue the merits or detriments of some of the fan theories surrounding interpreting different pop culture items. And lastly, we'll play a quick round of Twist the Sister, where one of us loves something that the other hates, knows nothing about, hasn't seen, etc., etc. And we'll open it up to you. This is going to be interesting, Twist the Sister. Our this. lovely listeners, to decide which sister is right. <laughs> now, the Twist the Sister this week, as you've figured out... Don't say out, anything. Don't, uh, just just let, let's just let say me, one thing. Let me do it, because I'm the one who has been delegated this horrible task as they have of playing figured devil's out, advocate. As they have figured out, uh, I tend to watch things before the podcast episodes air. However, I could not get my hands on Lost Boys in time for us to record this. So, as a result of that, um, the Twisted Sister segment this week, we'll be talking about Lost Boys. Mm -hmm. And you are not really a fan of it, but you think I would like it. So what you have to do is convince me to actually watch it, and that is your task for the week. Yeah. But I digress. We need to focus on our pop culture artifact for this episode, which in this case is the Goonies. This place is a summer restaurant. Looks like it hasn't been open for 10 summers. How are you going to in that window? Long enough to see you need about 400 roach motels in this place. Now, do you want to go first for why the Goonies was impactful for you so, and why you love it? I, want, I came to the Goonies late, like much, much later. I think... We both watched The Goonies at the same time. We were all cut off because I was young when I watched The Goonies. Yeah, so I think you may have watched it at a young age, which is why you like it more than I do. We both own it. We both mm. we both see the the value in it, but I think you like The Goonies more than I do. Mm. So I think this is probably more your artifact which than I, mine. I think it's strange because you really like soundtracks. Oftentimes you get sucked in with the soundtrack. Oh, I am such a soundtrack girl. I'm ridiculous. Yeah. So I would, you'd think that you would be sucked in for the Goonies, because let, al let alone like everything else that goes on, you've got Cyndi Lauper at like the helm yeah. of the Goonies soundtrack, which is one of the reasons why I love it so much. Yeah, that's I, that's one of my favorite parts actually, is uh, Cyndi Lauper. She opens this this movie. Good I think. enough. Yeah. For you, it's yeah. Good enough. Yeah. For me, it's good enough. Yeah. Yeah, I love that. I love that she did a whole, like, video surrounding not just the Goonies, but, like, her song promoting that. And she had, like, Andre the Giant in it, and I, I love it. Um, but yeah, explain what you feel about the movie. I don't... Don't sound too excited, Joe. I, <laughs> I... This is a hard week for me, because I... I like... I like The Goonies. The next movie we talk about, I really like, even though I have some questionable feelings about it. <laughs> and then the very last movie we talk about, I really don't like at all. So what I've learned, if anything, is that I'm not a huge Corey Feldman fan. 
I, I just, it's, it's Interestingly just enough, thing. my favorite Corey Feldman movie is one we're not discussing this week. Which, which one? Stand By Me. Oh, yeah. Stand By Me. I love Stand By we Me. We will discuss Stand By Me. But Eventually, just not, yeah. Yeah, just not during this particular week. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. You know what? That's, that's a good I do. point. I because really I love Stand, Stand By, by me. me. Yeah. That's more to do with, I think, Stephen King being awesome. And, and here's my problem. Such a good story. Here's my problem. When I watch movies like The Goonies, I think, yeah, but it's not as good as Stand By Me. And that's kind of my problem. That's the problem. That's my problem. I'm, I'm judging too... his best work against his I can't other just work. enjoy it for what it is. And the problem is I came to it too late, I think. Because yeah. now, because as a result, I'm just comparing it to all the things that I've watched before that I think did it better. Yeah. Instead of just enjoying it for what it was at that time. Yeah. That's my issue. I love all the different actors. And I do want to point that out. They mm. all grew up to be amazing actors. Uh, some of which are Oscar winners. And uh, very impressive careers for all of them. Very, very funny. Very, very dramatic. All sorts of, uh, all sorts of, of yeah, j just longevity. I think yeah. they kind of they captured a fantastic cast at a young age, not knowing what was going to come. Yeah. Well, I love the ensemble. I, I do. I love all of them. I specifically, my favorite characters um, were Sean Astin's Mikey. I loved him. Uh, and we, we got Sean Astin before he gave us Samwise Gamgee from Lord of the Rings. Yeah, a little bit before that. Yeah, yeah. Just, just a little, you know? <laughs> just like, you know, a whole puberty stage. Oh my um, god. But I loved him in it. I specifically love the scene where they're in the cave, and she thinks that Brad's coming, who is Josh Brolin, who is his older brother, and she turns around and kisses him. Because yeah. he doesn't know that she wants to speak to him, but yeah. doesn't actually want to speak to him. He thinks that she's wanting to talk to him. And she kisses him, and he, he walks out of there like, whoa. Like, he can't believe yeah. it. And meanwhile, Martha Plimpton, who is the girl's best friend, she goes, does Brad have braces? And she cracks up laughing because she quickly figures out, you did not kiss Brad. Yeah. <laughs> um, but she doesn't tell her friend this. Um, but... That leads me into my other favorite characters within it. I love Martha Plimpton. She I plays like, Steph. I, I love her so say, much. She's, I love Martha Plimpton she, to this day. She is exactly who you would be in this situation. You're like, why are we hanging out with, like, five kids who are convinced there's buried treasure in a cave? Yeah. We were just chilling. She's the voice of reason. We were chilling on the docks yeah. before, and now we're here. And I feel like there was, like, an issue in between where we could have stopped this from happening. Yeah. But I also love Mouth, who is Corey Feldman. I love that he, he's so chaotic in it. Do you know who I love? Um, oh, please say, you don't, you love Data, don't you? No. You don't like Josh Brolin. No. You like Chunk? You like I, Sloth. There you, you go, like? there you go. I love Sloth. <laughs> the actor who plays Sloth, I, I didn't know Sloth. what he looked like. Yeah. Until I, like, searched Nor up. Nor do I. Nor do I. Oh, he looks like a big burly man. He looks like the guy you run in, he's like Mountain Man. Y that's who you would okay. run into in like the forest and trust him to knock down a tree yeah. for you. Yeah. But no, I, he's I love Sloth. I, yeah. He's the gent I love the gentle giant because yeah. I feel the same way about Princess Bride. You love Andre the Giant. I love that. Andre the Giant yeah. and that. I do. I love the gentle giant character. Um, so yeah, I love Sloth. Yeah. Spoiler. He's yeah. a gentle giant. <laughs> uh, I, I love um, I, I love the whole like friendship that they have, the, the guys. Especially with the threat that they could be leaving town. That they're like, one last adventure, let's save the, you know, our, our friendship, let's like solidify it. Mm. You know, goodies forever. Yeah. Um, and that's how they end up going on the whole journey in the first place. But they end up, you know, by the end of the movie, having 
gone through a lot more as a group and yeah. solidifying a bigger, stronger bond than they had initially yeah. planned. And they're dealing with like these criminals. Yeah. Like legit criminals. Really yeah. scary ass criminals, I must say. Which leads me into my next thing. Um, Robert Davy or Davy, mm -hmm. who plays the one son in it. Mm -hmm. um, you would know him from Die Hard. He was one of the FBI agents, you know, the Special Agent Johnson and this is Special Agent Johnson, no relation. And like, yes, yes. Yeah. He, for me, he always was, like, the guy who was always a guy who was more, sh like, seedy or shady yeah. in uh, movies. So, for me, he's, like, always the, like, cameo bad guy for a minute. Yeah. So, I loved him in you, it, was, it was perfect I, yeah. casting in your mind. I, I loved it. It was so good. Um, and I love that he, like, does, like, opera singing and, like, that's his thing yeah. in this. I just, I love it. Yeah. Um, uh... I also loved the the relationship that kind of forms between Math and Steph because I like them individually, and then when they mm -hmm. kind of became which one's Steph again? That's Martha, Martha Plimpton. Okay, when yeah. they like became yeah, a couple, it was like kind of, a, they're kind of the same. They're well matched, cloth, like cut from the same cloth. Yeah, yeah. He he's you can tell it's one of those like relationships that they may actually work, like Josh Brolin, or they're really won't. Yeah, like it it, it, it might work or it might really go the wrong yeah. way. It'll yeah. be House on Fire yeah. in a good way, or The House, house is on, on Fire. fire. <laughs> the House is on Fire. <laughs> They're getting on like House on yeah. Fire. Um, yeah, I really I like that because I like their characters individually, and then when they actually became a couple, I was like, I, this is like an unexpected good thing here, and it kind of surprised me, and I liked it. Uh, I loved Cindy Lauper in it. I loved Good Enough. I loved the music that she had in it. It was also kind of like my introduction to like 80s cinema. I like the color. The color you said, yeah, like adventure golds and browns. Yeah, I like the coppers. set design and yeah. the way they they. I love the water slide into together. the. I love the water slide into yeah. like the hidden cave. That's when I think of the Goonies. That's actually what I think of more than anything. The aesthetics. Which is, yeah, is the aesthetic of, of yeah. Goonies is really what I yeah. notice. Is like, that odd? I think, no, because it has a like, very, it has a clear tone. Yeah, I, I think of the cover. Of Goonies, which is I and think, it's very, very tonally famous, matching the movie. Yeah, a very famous um, cartoon cover. Po well, pop artist where he did a lot of the posters. Yeah. He did he did the Indiana Jones and the Star Wars and all yeah. of that kind of posters. Um, when I see the cover of the Goonies, I think of the movie that, and that's what I think. Maybe that's why. Maybe it's just I've seen the cover so much before yeah. I saw the movie. I saw the poster quite a bit. Yeah. Anyway, I'm not adding much to this discussion because it's just not my movie, but... <laughs> but yeah, it was like my introduction to 80s film, like, properly, because I remember I watched Goonies, and then I was watching stuff like John Hughes movies, like Breakfast Club and, and that, and it kind of just, like, opened the door to other 80s stuff. I also thought, just, I'm sorry, I'm looking at the poster right now, um, just based on, like, that cover, I thought that they were also, like, mini-humans because they don't look like actual people on the cover, so I thought they were like, what What, what they happened? look like, like Thumbelina? They look like Thumbelina-type characters. I couldn't quite piece it together. And The Goonies are these little creatures who are trying to survive yeah. the cave, which is really a tiny anthill yeah. with no ends. Yeah. Well, my bad. I didn't realize at the time. But no, I get, I get exactly what you're saying. Yeah, but it's a lot of smaller. blue. It's a lot of orange. Eventually, I mean, that became like the aesthetic that they used for like Transformers and stuff like that, but, yeah. but I think it was it, much more pastel this back was, then. Well, this, it, it's got very similar colors as Indiana Jones, like you said. It had the yeah. adventure color scheme at the time, which was brown for dirt, gold for the treasure they're getting, and orange for everything else. Um, but yeah, I, I get what you're saying for that. But yeah, that, that was the impact it had on me. It kind of opened my eyes to different 80s movies that I could get into. 
Mm-hmm. Um, I liked the music. I liked the cast. And because I enjoyed Sean Astin so much in that, um, it made me, like, reflect on the fact of how much I enjoyed Lord of the Rings when he was yeah. Samwise. Because he was my favorite character in Lord of the Rings already. Because yeah. I love Sam, and I feel like he's literally there just to be supportive and helpful. That's yeah. all he wants. And he gets shit on at every turn. And it's really not fair. So then watching it, I was like, oh, that's Sam. And then, like, I automatically had a connection to Sean Astin for life. Because I was like, I get you, Mikey. I get you. Um, but yeah. So on to the next um, movie. Movie segment, whatever you want to say. We will be discussing (laughs) Gremlins. Okay, I think I have to give context. This is the movie out of all of these movies. <laughs> I love The Gremlins. I think it is essential <laughs> watching. I think it is amazing. I think it is a, a Christmas classic, which is an unpopular opinion, but I don't give a shit. I, that's what I think it is. It is a movie that you're supposed to watch at Christmas time. But I have, to this day, a massive... Are you okay there? Your your straw is squeaking while you're drinking. Because I'm laughing as I'm slurping. That's the Uh, problem. Yeah. Squeaking and slurping. Perfect for an audio podcast. Yeah. Um, So, yeah. Gremlins is one of those movies that I don't care how old I get. I am more terrified today than I was when I was a child. As a child, I was like, don't worry. Someone will protect you. You're like, monsters aren't real. And if they are, mama will save me. Now I'm an adult and I'm like, I'm supposed to protect myself from these little I don't have a microwave that can fit these things. There's no chance. I'm not good with a knife. No, no. (laughs) It terrifies me more and more as I get older because I am not able. Like, it's good. It's good effects. That... It's held up after all these years that I still look at those things and go, that's real. I don't even like talking about it because I can visualize them and it's freaking me out. And all I can think is those little, they're small little fuckers. They could fit anywhere. (laughs) They could get you from anywhere. And I'm part of the Furby generation. So I had those little talky walky things. And they talky walkie. And they would just turn on randomly and start talking to you. And they and look, the blinking would freak me out about the Furbies that they, they just blink. They look sometimes. like Mogwais. Yeah, they so look exactly like Mogwais. And if they just randomly turn on, you're just like, okay, I have no control over these beasts. And these ones this, barely move. This is the toy uprising. Yeah. I was afraid of. So needless <laughs> to say, Gremlins is amazing, but I'm terrified of it. Go ahead with your theory. I enjoy Gremlins. Please give me I, a theory that is I, good. I enjoy Gremlins as well. Not fear-inducing. Um, I I specific, I think I love it more because I know how much it scares you. I don't know why. I think there's like oh, a little part of you You're a little vengeful. No, I think I, like, I think because of horror movies in general where I've been able to handle it and you are like shitting a brick. Yeah. Um, I find it more enjoyable because I'm not enjoying it just for me. I'm enjoying it watching you try to like process it and be calm for it. Yeah. You, like, emotionally going through everything is also enjoyable for me, because I get to watch you and the movie. Like, it's double the fun it's for me. It's not double the fun for anyone. I'm just... Um, but I do think it's funny that, to this day, Gremlins yeah. freaks you out, because when I watch Gremlins, Gremlins didn't scare me, because all I could think was how cute Gizmo was. Yeah. Gizmo, to me, was the cutest thing ever. I couldn't even quite fathom how the green things came from Gizmo. Like, I didn't understand that Mogwai could look like that. I think I was able to separate that they are the villains, but they are also him. Yeah. Because he's of the same species. Yeah. 
for me, it was just like, they're the villains, and he's so cute and little, and he's sweet. Protect him at all costs. So he, it didn't scare me whatsoever. He, yeah. I, I have no issue with the I Mogwai. Love, I love him so much. With the Mogwai, no issue at all. You hate when he becomes a gremlin. Yeah. You yeah. don't feed them. You don't water them. You basically do the opposite of what you're supposed to do with a plant. A gremlin is very different than a Mogwai. Yeah. <laughs> we're, we're not going to talk about my history with plants. I swear <laughs> to God, if I didn't buy the hardiest plant in existence, <laughs> it would not be alive today. This plant cannot be killed. I have one plant. I know. I've that seen I it. haven't murdered. I've seen the plant, and it looks murdered to me, but it's alive. Thumb. No, is, it is. It's amazing. I, I love that you I, said I you have a black it, thumb. <laughs> I have a black thumb. I have stuck this thing in the middle of, a, like, the corner of my apartment when I was, when I was uh, going through my divorce, and... Despite being in a no light situation where I'm pretty sure I didn't give it water for months, just completely forgot I had it. It continued to thrive. It managed to give me flowers. It was unbelievable. <laughs> I'm like, I don't understand it. And and I bought it with the intention that I'd, I'd read an article about how to purify the air. They take certain mm -hmm. plants up in space on on certain voyages depending on how long they're going to be up there to filter the air like it's an it's yeah. a not and there's a list of nasa approved plants yeah this list might as well be the fucking black thumb list because it's a list of plants that can't be killed basically yeah the hardiness oh, uh, just just um, i love how we ended up talking about plants just because i sorry, said you treat just for context plants. <laughs> peace it's a peace lily for anyone out there who is like me and wants to have something good in their life that is and it brings fresh air. it brings peace yeah, it's bringing the black thumb it has brought world. nothing but peace to my life and yeah it it is it's still alive today and i've had it for so over a decade established no, is, not over a decade you'd be able over to keep a mogwai i've had this for over a decade no i could not keep a mogwai you could keep a mogwai you wouldn't feed it the, after midnight. No, because I'm asleep. You wouldn't water it because you can't even water because your own I plants. For, I forget to feed things. Yeah, this is all. Yeah. This is all a good sign. And what's the other rule for it? Don't expose it to light. Well, I'm fucked. You. you I turn the light on. <coughs> what are you talking about? You. <coughs> I constantly leave the light on. Yeah, but you already said that your plant that somehow survived, you put it in a place where there the was, like, no light. The light doesn't bother... Hold on a second. The light doesn't bother... It just bothers the mogwai. The light doesn't no. actually cause them to become gremlins. No, because it's when they're wet that they shoot out the, like, spore Yeah, but the things. light doesn't bother them, though. No, yes, it does. It hurts them. They're like, ah. It hurts them, but it doesn't cause... Okay. Let me see. okay. So I should say the light mogwai. doesn't bother me. The, like he's it, it not going to turn it bothers, into a gremlin. It bothers the mogwai, but it's not the thing that makes it a gremlin. It actually is the thing that kills the gremlin, isn't it? Sunlight does. Like light kills the gremlins, but it only bothers the mogwai. Oh, so then. Okay. So you'd be able to keep a mogwai. You'd be okay. able to keep it safe as long as you don't. But if wet you have it. a high exposure to light, I don't know what would happen. What to would the that do? Do would that? Kill this is something the we should have researched. Yeah, that's this is a good question. Can you keep a mogwai? A whole episode. <laughs> we need we need a manual. Um, on a to pet manual. Let, let's get back on track. Um, <sighs> now we're gonna go into the actual theory for gremlins. It is actually called the gremlin theory. I initially thought, is it actually called the gremlin theory? They call it the gremlin theory because there's like two parts within it. So they have the uh, extraterrestrial theory within it. So basically, this suggests that mogwai and gremlins alike. They differ dramatically from terrestrial, you know, earth native creatures and life forms because they're not native to the planet. They're yeah. not actually from earth. So they may have been uh, 
in a world that was much drier. So they've evolved it to establish that like um, ecosystem within themselves, um, where the occasional wet season or um, like plentiful water source kind of served as the call for like reproduction, like asexual reproduction. You know, yeah, yeah. You'd go and hop in the pool, and then. Yeah, that I, was asexual reproduction. You'd make more. Yeah, of Yeah, what? There's a term for that. It doesn't matter. Let's I not just said asexual reproduction. Yeah, it's yeah. I know, but there's an, a specific term for what they do, and it doesn't really matter. That's not. Um, that's not the point here. They pop out of like each other's backs, but like still. Um. Anyway, back on track. So, um, their metamorphosis cycle that occurs might also make more sense on their home planet because they could possibly be from a planet where they have very long days and very long nights. Mm -hmm. That's why, you know, you don't have to worry about that when they're in the human world. It seems strange for them. And also on this planet, their fur might serve as, like, a way to help them survive, like, a chillier season of night. Okay. So that in the day, that's when they would change, you know? Yeah. So they're, like, post-midnight or post-nighttime, like, metamorphosis process would have then ensured that the creatures didn't mature into their, like, hairless adult forms until, like, a warmer dry season was ready to come in. Yeah. So basically, they'd be cute for the winter and scary as shit for the summer. Um... I'm sorry, I'm looking stuff. You're laughing at me because I'm trying to look up something for Gremlins, and you won't look. And at I the won't screen. look at the screen on my phone because I'm I'm absolutely terrified. I I can't look up one of the facts that I want to look up. I'm so um, sorry. But yeah, so that's, that's, that's the whole that's segment. the whole extraterrestrial theory within it that they come from another planet. Yeah, and that you know they may have like extremely long, you know, like colder nighttime seasons. I mean, and I then... can buy that they come from another planet. I just don't want them on this fucking planet. Like, I don't like the gremlins. They they scare me. It's like, I'm a grown woman. You look terrified as you're talking fear. to me. You're... I am so scared. I have two very big fears in life. One is structural integrity. I'm pretty sure that all bridges are built by morons and that we're all going to die because of it. And then my second fear is that gremlins are real and some dumb fuckery is going to cause some amogwai over in Apocalypse? wherever in what it, it Chinatown is that where he gets it yeah. some idiot is going to drop a couple drops of water and go oh no big deal and now I have a whole business let's sell them like puppies and now all of a sudden we're all going to die because we have a gremlin infestation and you know it could happen weird shit happens all the time I don't want that to be the next pandemic though I'm just not I I, I don't like gremlins big fear okay but it but hold on hold on though the most important thing is, I love this movie. Yeah. That's the, the worst part. Is Most people who feel this way would say, I hate this movie. I think this movie is a five-star movie. I love it so much. But you're terrified but at the I'm same time. But I'm terrified. I'm so freaking scared of this... this the, oh. it's Move very, on. It's very contradictory. Move on, move on. Because like, just, I'm, have... I'm shaking. Yeah. You, I am you are... trembling. Yeah. I can't, I can't okay. talk about Gremlins anymore. The second part of the theory is the biological weapon There's theory. more to this theory? There, that was the first part. The first part is that they're from another planet, they have long days, long nights, but it's set up like a chilly winter season. Basically have like a whole last winter where they're cute, then when summer comes and they're old and hairless, that's when they die. Okay. So then you can do the whole cute thing again. Anyway. Okay. Um, the biological weapon theory is that the gremlins actually destructive nature is proof that its origins aren't um, necessarily, they are extraterrestrial of course, but they're an extraterrestrial biological weapon. Like, someone found it okay. and wanted to use it for bad. 
because they're naturally destructive. They reproduce like wildfire, as we've established. Yeah. Um, they also have a tendency to ruin everything that's within reach. Mm-hmm. Um, they take a form of really cute, snuggly buddy, and then they transform into murderous monsters, so that you'd be like, oh, look, here's something really sweet we're giving you, and then they kill you all. Okay. Um, uh, also, if left, like, unchecked and unsupervised, and they just, like, let them be free, um, they would clearly overrun the, uh, natural, like, ecosystems of Earth, and convert the organic material that was on Earth into gremlin flesh, and just, like take over the world, which is exactly what you're scared of. Yeah. Um, they're also very evasive. They're unsustainable due to being, like, genetically engineered, possibly, if not, you what know. I mean, unsustainable? Because, like, our conditions aren't matching to what Light and water? Yeah. Okay, got it. Um, uh, they would eradicate all life on Earth, is I, basically I don't that point. <laughs> Um, this the other th- the other thing was that if that is the case and they are a weapon, this is my fault. I I said let's talk about gremlins. I'm sorry, I'm ruining I'm ruining your day because I'm, I'm just, just I'm trying to get to the end of the theory so you could say whether or not you believe it and we can leave gremlins alone. Yeah, never again. Um, but the only issue with this is if they were in fact designed to be like a extraterrestrial biological weapon, um, they melt in the sunshine. So they're not the most effective on Earth. I would say so. Um, they get easily distracted by costumes and musicals and movies as well, as we've seen. Hi-ho! Yeah. Hi-ho! Yeah. yeah. I, I don't know if I'm allowed to sing that due to copyright, so I'm yeah. not going to sing anymore. We, we've sing it, we sing enough stuff yeah. poorly that I think we're That fine. was actually what I was trying to look up, was was that copyrighted anymore. Yeah. Yeah. But, anyway. um, yeah. So with them being distracted so easily and basically allergic to the sun... How good of a biological weapon could they be? That's the, the only shittiest issue. shittiest biological weapon, but maybe. Yeah. But that's like the umbrella theory within the yeah. gremlin theory is that they come from another place and someone took them and then they put them on Earth to try and kill people. Yeah. Obliterate the nation. I don't, I don't buy that one. You don't like the biological part, but you do believe in the extraterrestrial part? Yeah, I, I'm, I'm just hopeful. <laughs> I'm hope, I'm hoping that they're extraterrestrial and not going to become terrestrial. Okay. Um, on to our last movie, which we already mentioned before is going to be Lost Boys. Don't ever invite a vampire into your house, you silly boy. It renders you powerless. Did you know that? Of course. Everyone knows that. Now... Oh, I... Okay. Now, you have to twist me on this. Now, I know you don't like the movie, but because I haven't seen the movie, try to play to stuff that would make me want to watch it, not make you want to watch it. (sighs) So, like I said, not seen it. I do like dark themes, so if it has that, that's a little helper for you. And I do love Kiefer when he's evil in the 80s. So good. Such a good time for him to be evil. You know my husband was friends with Kiefer Sutherland, right? I know. You like to mention that all the time. (laughs) They were. They were friends as kids. You know, they're friends. Like, Like, he's friends with an actor. Like, a really famous actor. You know, 24? He's friends with that guy. He's been in movies, too. My husband has. He's an extra. I've seen the movie. It's not a good movie. It doesn't count. (laughs) It's a legitimate movie. It's a Hollywood movie with a, like, a supermodel. You can't see him. Yes, you see him more than I could be him in that. (laughs) You just don't recognize him because he was a lot younger when he was in this. Like, a lot younger. He's playing a high school graduate. And I'm telling you now, it don't look like him. It could be anybody. You're saying you it's him. You're saying it's him. And okay. I believe you because you've said it. 
But you trying to sell me on it makes me believe it a little less. Every time you're like, yeah, that is him. I'm like, it don't look like him. <laughs> don't don't try to sell me on it okay. looking like him. All right, so we're talking about the Lost Boys. So is it Lost Boys or the Lost Boys? The oh, it's because I thought Lost Boys. Was, I think it's the Lost Boys. It, but the Lost Boys make it sound like Peter Pan. So is it just Lost Boys? It's a t it's supposed to be like Peter Pan because oh, they never grow up. That's another thing to get me in there. They I love Peter Pan. Okay, okay. So there we go. There's our first. Okay, so I'm playing devil's advocate this week because I. It's don't... not devil's advocate. It, I could love this. So you're just you're can trying I, to get can me. Can I to finish it. my sentence, woman? Can I you finish keep saying it's my devil's advocate because you're shitting on the movie? I don't like the Lost Boys, which is an unpopular opinion because it is very popular. It's it has a huge cult following. That right there is something for you. You love cult following movies. You I really, know. really buy into them. The title, I didn't know this, but if I'm going to use this, is based on Peter Pan, which you love. So <laughs> there you go. This seems like you're gripping at straws. Oh, I am. I really am. It's really hard. Like, I'm I'm good at arguing. I have a question. Why don't you like it? Just before you try to sell me on I don't like the tone. It's a Joel Schumacher movie, and I don't really like the tone of most Joel Schumacher I, You know movies. what I find interesting? When you drop a director's name, I think you think that in my mind, I have like a Rolodex of everything that person's done. When you say okay. names sometimes, I'm like, who the frick are you point. talking about? Good point. Okay, so Joel Schumacher, um, he very famously did the latter two of the 80s, 90s Batman movies. Uh, the ones... The really shit ones? The really shit ones, yes. Oh, no. So, not a huge fan of J Joel Schumacher, so but... So, is it gonna be, like, a cheesy So, Batman movie? Forever, Batman and Robin. The 90s, the, the mid-90s ones, I oh. should say. Um, no, your room is, like, He a did The Lost Boys. He did Phone Booth. And you I love, love Phone, phone booth. booth. I do love Phone Booth. I love Colin Farrell He did Farrell A Time to Kill. I love... Oh, he did A Time I to like Kill, which too. is, without question, the oh. best movie he's ever done. Oh, they're both good. He did St. Elmo's Fire. I haven't seen that. Yeah, upset mom, and a I don't lot. like St. Elmo's. Well, you know what? That's not true. It, I kind of like it. whatever. I do. I love Colin Farrell as it <sighs> is, but him being in fun with was just so good. I loved it so much. So yeah. Anyway, Joel Schumacher. Best horror movie where once again Kiefer being a villain. Did you know Joel Schumacher is eighty years old? I just I didn't know who he was until thirty <laughs> seconds ago. Chelsea. <laughs> oh my god, Joel Schumacher's dead. So he's not eighty anymore. No, that can't be right. Yes, he is. Joel Schumacher passed away. How did I miss that? He I don't died know, at 80 years old. Is he not that important in your oh life? Oh, my God. <laughs> he died at 80? He when died, did he die? He died in 2020. June 20. So he died years ago. <laughs> I didn't know. This is, know. This is like three, three... Oh, my God. More than three years ago. More than three years ago. Oh, man. Okay. Anyway, people have, back have on argued track. back and forth whether Joel Schumacher <laughs> is an amazing director or if he's a really questionable director. And on the good side, people I think he usually has a cite... Taste. They, they usually cite The Lost Boys as, as one of but his good? better movies. Okay, so it's not is, cheesy bad Batman time. It's no, good. No, but, it but it is a horror comedy in a way because oh. it has a lot of sarcasm tonally. That's what I don't like about it. I, I'm like, pickling, motherfucker. Like, are you funny or are you Wait, not Wait, I have funny? a question for you then. Do you like Scat's Guide to the Zombie Apocalypse? It's okay. I love that That's movie thing. so much. This is why I'm saying this is I think it is, is so underrated because no one has freaking seen it. I saw I've it. seen it. You made me watch it. I did make you watch it. I remember making you watch it because I said, Chelsea, this is What's so funny. What's it called? Scat's Guide to the Zombie Apocalypse. To the Zombie Apocalypse. And I love it so much. I don't know Ty anybody. Sheridan, Logan Miller. Yeah. Oh, a bunch. It. A bunch of actors. No one's seen knows. it though. That's where I was going with this. No Literally, one no seen one it. has seen this movie. And it is so under the radar. I think it is crazy because I saw it. The whole reason I found out of it was because I went to the 
movie. It's with, more like, serious than that movie, though. That I can one deal is, with that. That one is more of a comedy. Yeah. And this one is more Some serious. Some of the stuff that happens which is in what, that, though, my problem is. me up. That's my problem. Because that movie, at least I could, would say, without question, is a horror comedy. It is mostly a comedy. With but, horror but elements. There are zombies horror. in a comedy movie. Whereas, That's what you're seeing. I don't know what the hell The Lost Boys is. I know this is not selling but I think, very well. I think the problem with you, when when you go in for a comedy, you like that it's lighthearted and you often take stuff at face value. Yeah. And then when you see a horror movie, you're prepared to shit yourself. So because it's in neither lane, you don't like it. Tell me what I'm supposed to be feeling right now. Am I supposed to be feeling that this is dark and twisted? You can't Which is what you love. Or is it supposed to be lighthearted because you just made a court? The two Corys are in it and they're joking around. Somebody's dead. Oh God! People die in this movie. Like it's, I figured, it's a lot. Aren't they vampires? They are vampires. Yeah. It, this is a love story though involving vampires, but it's kind of like the anti Twilight because you don't want her to end up with the vampires for one. But also, is there a werewolf? But also, or is it just like no, no, human no, no, versus no. vampire? No, no. Like the vampires are scary. You, they're trying to save her from the vampires. Um, it has one one thing that I do. So love wait, in is it. Corey Feldman a vampire or is he human? I'm not telling you. You got to watch the movie one oh, day. Uh, this well, is the whole. Point. It's his week. I figured I should at least know what he does in it. No, I can't tell you that. Um, he doesn't start off as a vampire. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. There's your answer. So, I'm literally thinking. So he's gonna turn at some point. <laughs> I, I didn't say that. I said nothing. I just said he doesn't start off as a vampire. So. Yeah, boy is saving a girl. It's all oh. for love. So you'll get your love story, which you like that too. Mm. I, you're a very confusing individual, but it's also very <laughs> sarcastic. There's sarcastic moments in it. Yeah, I like your sarcasm. It's got everything you like in it. It's just is but it going to fuse what well? I, yeah, and that's my question. And to this day, I still can't wrap my head around. But my favorite thing out of this movie, the one thing that I take out of it, when people say the Lost Boys, and I feel like there's a warmth. When people are saying it, some people say, oh, the Lost the Boys, they're fond. Where my mind goes, if I'm trying to be emp like empathetic to them, is I think of the song Cry Little Sister. I love that song. That song is like I recognize it, but dark I can't hear it and in my head. gloomy, and, but, but it's so intense, and I don't <laughs> understand why I love it so much, because it fits with none of my, like, it doesn't really fit with most of my musical taste. <laughs> But I love that song, and when I, whenever I hear it, that's what I think. Like, I think of Lost yeah. Boys, I see the poster, someone mentions it, and I just immediately go to that. Yeah. And then that makes me feel like Lost Boys is a good movie. And then I watch it, and I'm like, no, fuck, no, no, what was I thinking? I was here for the Schumacher, song. out, and I'm just done with it. <laughs> so, oh, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to actually read from a quote. I've been trying to find something that kind of, kind of expresses how I feel. And I think this is probably as close as it's going to get, um, which I think it probably was annoying you because you were watching me scroll through my phone trying to find it too. So Peter Bradshaw from The Guardian, and also a top critic on Rotten Tomatoes, just FYI, mm. said the following. Lost Boys, in its artless way, asks us to consider that being forever young isn't a sweet Edwardian avocation of innocence, but a vision of pure hell. And I love that. I think that is a perfect quote. It it hits on the fact that the Lost Boys theme well, it is sounds, that li they live forever young. But they hate it, but which is why they're doing bad things. But yeah, that they're vampires and they're they're evil. and that, Because like, they not. hate their lives. They're tortured souls. Anyway, yeah, it's... Uh, it sounds like something I'd like. I'd watch it. Yeah. You win. Yay, I win! Oh my god! 
I win and it's why would I win fuck I win on a movie <laughs> that I don't like you know what we've established you need to stop having you watch movies so that all you have to do is convince me to watch the movie in the first place and then you win more I think that's what we've established oh, to all of you who've seen Lost Boys I hope you enjoyed us mentioning it in the podcast go and watch The Goonies for some 80s nostalgia or animoia if you weren't alive. Oh my god, you and the. I wish I'd never taught you that word. You didn't teach me the word. You searched it up and I was present for it. So we taught ourselves the word. Oh my god. And go watch Gremlins as well. There's also a sequel to Gremlins, Gremlins 2. Not as good as the first, but still enjoyable. Did you know that animoia? Chelsea shits both times she watches it, so. Animoia is actually. Huh. This is really interesting. It comes from the words wind and mind. We have a windy mind. Yeah, a wolfing of a tree, but... Oh my god. I, I, I don't know why, but I find that really interesting. You know what all I'm, all I'm seeing are, like, tumbleweeds, just... Like, that's where the word came from. Through <laughs> brain. Yeah. It, 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 the term was actually coined in 2012, though. He made it up using ancient Greek. It, but the word you didn't did, even go Latin? The word didn't what a exist. lazy guy. You didn't go Latin with it? Do you know Greek? Do you know ancient <laughs> Greek? Oh my god. It was coined by John Koenig, I think that's how you say his name, in 2012. Is he Greek? For his project, The Dictionary of Obscure Sorrows, which aims to come up with new words for emotions that currently lack words. I think that's fascinating. Where's this book? I want it. It'll uh, help me as a writer. The dictionary, I don't know if it's an actual dictionary. It's a website. Oh, it's a website. What a dick. I liked him and then I hated him all in one sentence. What is with you? Like, like, <laughs> I like you want to drift off stuff. into the 19th century with your, with like... I want a dusty book that I can sneeze into oh. Oh and God. read the shit out of it. Ew. That's disgusting. <laughs> I want a dusty book I can sneeze into? Not like sneeze like it's a tissue, but sneeze because the dust is going up my nose. That's what, now the book's useless. And it's <laughs> no, the, the 19th century. The 19th century. There's nowhere else to get this info. In this situation, the book is my book, so oh I can sneeze God. on it and it's fine. Uh, please stop using animoia. That's what we've learned. No. Oh my God. Oh my God. It's a term for what we experience every are day. Are we halfway through the Brat Pack month? Yes, we are. We this are is, officially. We have hit the midway point. So hope next you enjoy, week. Hope you we'll, enjoyed the episode. Yes. And next week, who will we talk about? We don't know. We don't know. Do you know? Do you know? Who's your favorite Brat Packer? Let us know. I was trying to figure out who mine was then. The way you posed it, I was like, who is my favorite? <laughs> yeah, you, you were having like I, a, a crisis of, of uh, identity for a second. You know what it is? It's that meme where the guy has like all the math equations in front of him and he's like trying to... No, it's the woman. The woman has all the math equations in front of him and like she's really trying to figure out what the hell's going on. That was what was happening. I had like a roll of decks of all the Brat Packers in my mind. Like, who is my favorite? It's not Rob Lowe. Molly is up there. I'm going to go with John like a Cryer. good hunting sort of... Like math yes. equations in front of your face because I'm not sure if that's oh, what you're talking about. I've got a story about. for you later. Anyway, hope you enjoyed the episode. We're, we everybody. have a podcast. I have a story for you later. Is the worst thing you could say as you're signing off. No, I have a story for you, my sister. I understand. Well, do you want me to tell the story to everybody? I, f- I have a feeling. Because what no. you're referring to in in that, I have a feeling. No, I should be scared. I, about but you what talked you're about, about with Google Hunting. Me. I was talking about the other day when I was at work. Uh, what do I talk about with Goodwill Hunting? When you were talking about that was how you were imagining what I was talking about. But, yeah, where yeah. you have like the overlay of all the mathematical yeah. formulas. I always over see a beautiful face. mind. Yeah. I always see that. Oh, That's what I see. It's used a lot. So, it's so, used a lot. The other day I was at work and this kid, instead of asking for a scrap paper yeah. uh, to do math equations on so he could understand his work better, he just started writing on the table. Well, when he left, 
He's, he's got a pencil. Oh my, still? Hold on. He, he wrote on the table. Well, when he left and he took his papers away, all you saw was like craziness on the table. And I said, oh my God, it's like a beautiful mind. It's like he went a beautiful mind on the table. And, and no and one knows what you're talking about. All my younger about. coworkers <laughs> were like, what the hell are you talking about? And I felt so old. Yeah. I felt so old. And they're only like four years younger than me, most of them. Oh. But when they said it, I was like, This is Ouch, really sad. That hurts. This is Re- it really hurt Charles. This hurts me because I thought A Beautiful Mind was like a revolutionary movie. I yeah. really did. I, I don't know it's why. It's not my favorite movie, but it's always what I see I, when I think of I, like it's a great crazy biopic. math It's a great equations. biopic. And, and I mean, it's it's a more honest biopic too because there's very there's a lot of biopics that like kind of, especially the older ones, yeah. that of that era and just before. They just dance they, around what they actually They dance going around on. the reality, yeah. whereas this one went hard into it, and, like, most of the story is based on the, so the not-so-great parts. Of, this is yeah. why I said this was yeah, a story for I'm us. I'm sorry, I'm we sorry. We are sorry, listeners. Yeah. We're, we're taking so, you down so to a different it, we're going to pretend that Russell Crowe is a Brat Packer for the end <laughs> of this episode. Yeah, I was going to say, let's, let's watch some Corey Feldman's classics. I'm not a huge fan of Corey Feldman. That's what we've learned. Even the <laughs> fucking movie I love, I'm terrified to watch. So you watch it so I don't have to. Yeah. Bye, everyone. Bye.